hope you'll give me a second to hear me out before um, before reacting to this video. Um, this will be the last time I, I cover this Tim Pool versus the quartering thing. It absolutely sucks that um, you know we're talking about this instead of um, you know some rando person having the power to ban people off Twitter. But here's where we are, and to be honest with you. Uh, I've certainly played a part in that. And so there, I do have some regrets. And that's why I want to get kind of get this out there, react to what happened last night, and get right back uh, to covering more important things. We've got some Joe Rogan news today. We've got um, some Hogwarts Legacy news. We've got perhaps uh, some other kind of world news stuff, since some people asked for that. But anyway, um, last night, Tim uh, reacted to his chat. Um, very aggressively and emotionally. And I don't really want to play the endless clips. I, I feel like I have secondhand embarrassment. I, I don't really, I don't, I don't think it was Tim's best moment, but I don't really want to perpetuate sharing that out and making it worse on him. Um, we did find out, he mentioned, I guess, why he blocked me. And so I want to address that because it, it legitimately uh, could be just a misunderstanding. And I do also want to say like, you know, it's not like I didn't antagonize the guy. Um, I don't really have, you know, you know, I have issues with, you know, the ignoring the, the you know, the stories, you know, going back to Jack Murphy and clearly this, um, this Eliza Blue thing where he gives what a really weak sauce reason for not doing it. He says, oh, she's irrelevant. She doesn't have this or that. Well, the woman's been on your show twice. She's relevant enough to have more appearances on Timcast than I do. So, I mean, I think, um, and I'm irrelevant. You know, he's talking about world leaders. He's trying to get politicians. He's trying to really take Timcast to the next level. And I think he's going to do it. He's going to be very successful at it. Um, but he mentioned in, only in the pay, after the paywall, of course, goes up, that he felt like I was giving him some sort of passive, aggressive threat or something like that. Um, he did not misrepresent what I said. Um, and I put out the suite. So I just want to say like back on January 25th, I said, oh, for sure, I'll reach out to Cassandra soon. That was in regards to me saying like, I didn't share any of his messages here. Uh, that was in regards to rebooking, right? Then last Friday, I said, even though our viewers want war, I don't. I was trying to cool it down a little bit. Um, and I said, please tell me this dude took her to task as in like Shane, hopefully Shane was going to do a good job. And then he just, he said, what? And then blocked me. I didn't know I was blocked at the time. It just said, he's not available on messenger. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe he's a messenger. I literally didn't think I, I even sent out a tweet. I was like, Hey man, I'm trying to message you. I don't know. So, um, he said that he took this as some sort of veiled threat. It was not intended in that purpose. Um, but I can also see why maybe given all the heat that he was getting, that was getting heaped on him, he felt that way. And so, you know, it's definitely not what I intended. I was definitely trying to just kind of play it chill, you know, try to be like, come on, man, tell me like what I was basically trying to be like, come on, man, tell me that, you know, Shane's going to write a killer piece and everything's going to be okay. And uh, he took that as a threat. I clearly was not um, to me. But I 100% understand why he might feel that way. I also want to address the memes because apparently that really hurt his feelings. This I don't know. This is what people said he said in the 
members only section where you have to pay $10 to see it. I mean, they were mean, but they were also funny. Um, I think uh, if I could go back, would I post the, the Jack Murphy beanie? Apparently that really bothered him. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, it was pretty funny. Um, but like, what I will say is this, like, first of all, please, it, I, you know, I just want to move forward and get back on the actual topic and things like that. But like, I completely understand why he blocked me now that I hear these things. If he really thought I was sending some sort of ill threat, that certainly would have been enough. Um, also like, I didn't know that it hurt his feelings so bad. Um, you know, there are many unflattering memes of me. Uh, so I don't know, it, you know, I, I'm sorry your, your feelings were hurt, Tim. Uh, you know, I could have remained more professional and like, while I don't like, s like really feel like it was that bad. I think like if s you hurt somebody's feelings and that was, you know, I think that it's okay to, to apologize for that. Um, but like, I don't know what to believe. The guy didn't even follow me on Twitter. So if he's really like have his feelings hurt so much and he kind of presents us as like a friend betrayed me. I mean, we don't talk on the phone. I don't even have the guy's number. We doesn't follow me on Twitter. We only message about business. So I don't know how, I don't know if he was just saying that or if he genuinely was hurt, but if he was genuinely hurt about it, you know, Hey Tim, I'm sorry about that, man. You know, I did go too far. Um, you know, it's a little, a little too personal. I, I made my point, you know, what I was very frustrated with is, um, you know, you're obviously ignoring this while cashing in thousands of dollars a night and people, um, asking you to cover it. Um, and like, when you say stuff like, I don't do drama, but then you have endless videos arguing with Hassan or Cenk Uger or Taylor Lorenz or. Um, you have Candace Owens on over drama. You have Steven Crowder on over drama. You produce videos about the Grammys. You do videos about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So come on, bro. I think that the reality is Tim's channel is a news first channel. And that's what he wants. And that's, that's cool with a little bit of drama, right? I'm like more of an entertainment cha channel that uses the, 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 Avenue of the news. Occasionally we'll cover serious topics, but usually I'm just memeing, you know, um, usually we're covering, you know, I, most of the things that I cover are pointless. Sometimes we talk about some stuff that's very important, like getting people banned off Twitter. Um, you know, but he goes on to make some wild claims. So I want to address like, look, if Tim, your feelings were really hurt about the memes, I'll delete them. And I do apologize for that. My criticism stands. Uh, about, you know, not mentioning, not ever talking about Jack or Eliza. And I should have just kept it to that. Now, the other comments last night were so wild, I didn't even know how to react to them. So first, he claims that people who are talking about Eliza Blue are being paid by PR firms. Now, some people would say, are you talking about all these YouTubers that are talking about it? He doesn't say YouTubers, he just says people. He says people get into the comments and say, you know, and inspire YouTubers to then cover it. I mean, 
may I, reputation management is a thing, okay? But this story is not that. Um, I was not flooded with people uh, talking about um, saying demanding me to cover it. I mean, I saw it unraveling in real time. So I think that that's a little wild um, to, to say, you know, you hear that everyone, according to Tim, you're all paid bots. I think his chat was obviously very offended at that point because his chat has been wild lately. Um, no, obviously, um, you see even Lofty here says, who is even referring to? I've only seen people I personally like you talk about her. Does he even pay attention? Star Wars Girl says it's this whole chat. He's mad that thousands of people are chatting, calling him out for ignoring it. Again, I will say again, Tim is not required to cover anything, but also that doesn't mean that I can't criticize that. Um, and then he makes, so then he does the Frost thing, which I think was just him having a bad moment, a bad break. And, you know, he may be right about this. He goes on to claim that everyone in his chat, all the people in chat are just not actually subscribers and all this stuff and they're bots in the chat, even though you have to be subscribed to actually chat in his chat. Um, and he says, you know, that Timcast memberships are actually going up, not going down. I 100% believe that part. This is, he's, you know, people want to support the person that they want to back. I bet you there are more people that joined my channel and did memberships too. Like people want to get behind people and that's what's great about you viewers. Um, but I, you know, I don't know if it's all about money. He claims that it was just all bots who were upset with him. I think that's, you know, that's not true. Um, you know, people, people, uh, see, um, you know, this, people see, oh, he lost 10,000 subs. That's not exactly how it works. It only updates every 10,000. So the last time he gained was, well, he gained 40,000 in January. So far in February, he's given back 10,000, but that doesn't mean he lost 10,000 last night. He could have went, he could have just passed it and then went back by a few thousand or even a few hundred, but certainly people are unsubscribing that aren't bots. And so, you know, I think that that, that sucks. That probably hurt his feeling, hurt their, you know, his viewers feelings. They came over and, um, you know, I was talking with some of them on chat in chat and, uh, you know, I get it. And you know what? This is probably just him purging the people he doesn't want in his audience. You know, there's there's been a few times in my history where I've kind of, you know, I've been very clear about like, you know, things that I don't like seeing in my chat, um, uh, things I don't like seeing in my comment section, things of that nature. And this could just be what he did, what he wanted. It's all part of his plan. But like this, you know, this did not go over well. Scrotes McGoat says last night as a member, if Tim doesn't disavow Eliza tonight, get the f out Scrotes McGoat. You can cancel right now and see you later. You will never wave money in my face and make me disavow anybody, especially someone I care so little about. Eliza Blue. She's been on the show two times. If you're going to cancel because I won't do what you say, you shouldn't have been here in the first place. Bye bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. I, I mean, look, this is actually somewhat admirable, except delivered in extremely, you know, emotional way. He's just trying to say like, Hey, uh, 
you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm not, can't be bought. I think that's a good thing. I also think that pretending that thousands of people in your chat who are, you know, berating you are all fake bots and a PR agency, all this kind of stuff. Absolutely wild. Uh, that, you know, nobody actually believes that, but I will say if you made it this far in the video, if I can, you know, I know I can't ask people to do anything, uh, and exp you know, I can't demand you do anything and like, you know, do, you don't do my bidding, but like, I think we've all kind of heard everybody's bid on this. I want to focus back on putting together the pieces on how these Twitter accounts got banned. Also, you know, restoring the many Twitter accounts that are still banned. Uh, through the proper pressure and channels. The spat between Tim and I was uh, escalated by me. And for that, you know, I apologize. I didn't stick on, you know, the topic. I still think it's very suspect that you refuse to cover her. And I don't buy that Tim Cast only cares about, you know, I think Tim, the whole Tim does only doesn't do drama is baloney. You can't just call this girl an e-girl nobody after you platformed her twice. Um and after you after you deployed your own reporter to to put together an eighty thousand word piece on her, I think that's extremely disingenuous. But I think I, I don't think you know there's any value in pushing this fight forward. We're not we're fighting for the same things, Tim and I. And um, if I can ask any favors, like look, if you don't, if you're upset with him, then just don't watch, don't or unsubscribe. But don't spam his chat every single night and harass him. And the reason I'm asking is because he's blaming me for that. I've never told anyone to do that. And I don't want you to do that. And I really don't want you to give money to somebody to tell him you don't like him. Um, you know, there are many charities out there or there are coffee companies that would much rather have your money. Um, but if I can ask a favor, if you're upset with Tim, either just unsub or don't tune in. Um because the, the the barrage of stuff is like blowing back on me and I don't like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't, I know I never told you to do it, but I can ask, I guess, maybe to consider, you know, just, you know what Tim's about now, okay? You know, he posted, you know, I think we all know where we both stand and I really want to get back on focusing on fighting the, the real enemy here and I, I don't think Tim is that. So um, that's the last I'm going to say about it. Uh, if Shane's new, you know, if Shane Cashman's part two comes out, I'm going to cover that. But I'm not going to cover any more like Tim versus the quartering. And, you know, if you're, if you, if you're on my Twitter, you know, I understand. Um, you know, I see sometimes I just can't respond to, to, to that stuff because I, I don't think it's beneficial. So that's the last I'm going to say on it. And I appreciate you all sticking through all the hilarity. Joe Rogan has, uh, well, been canceled for making an off-the-cuff remark about a group of people that you are not allowed to make jokes about unless you are part of it. This is true of several groups um, out there, <clears throat> but in particular with the Jewish community, with everything going on right now, uh, the media is, is really, really looking to cancel anybody who may have made, you know, some passive remark. And look, by the way, you know, I think people are the sum total of what they actually do in life. I, I don't have any preconceived notions about people based on, you know, their religion or who, the, you know, it's about what you do. And so, you know, obviously 
there are different levels to this, I think, uh, where you're talking about, or you're making a joke about somebody's Jewish. It's about whether or not it's spirit, you know, with the spirit of it, all this is ignored by the mainstream media to absolutely drag him for actually defending a Democrat. So Joe Rogan accused of anti-Semitism while defending disgraced representative Ilan Omar. Now, this woman has said some very bad things over the year, over the years, um, in many ways, there's a bit of a meme in terms of a politician. She's a member of the squad, which is a bunch of uber progressive do nothings that um, are more interested in being an e celebrity than a than a civil servant. But Joe Rogan now has been accused of casually spouting anti semitism on his hit podcast while trying to defend under fire progressive representative Ilian Omar from the exact same charge. The UFC commentator was discussing of how certain terms led to people getting canceled when he decried Democratic squad member getting booted from the House Foreign Affairs Committee for her past anti-Semitic comments. He highlighted Ilian Omar apologizing and, ta- and talking about, it's all about the Benjamins, he said, of the Congresswoman's 2019 message about American support for Israel. It's just about the money. She's talking about the money, Rogan said in the episode of the Joe Rogan Experience posted, on Spotify Saturday. This is not an anti-Semitic statement. I don't think that it is. Rogan instead insisted that it, the term is widely denounced. Or, I'm sorry, I don't think that it is. Rogan insisted, insisted of the term widely denounced as racist trope. Benjamins are money. The idea that Jewish people are not into money is ridiculous. Uh, that's like saying Italians aren't into pizza. It's effing stupid. It's effing stupid. He said, didn't the French do pizza? I don't know. Um, Here we go. All right. Well, look, all I can react to, obviously, I'm not Jewish. Um, I've spoken before about my, like, relative ignorance to anything really Jewish. I have a Jewish friend who told me the most offensive Jewish jokes I've ever heard in my life. Um, But also, like... My only other experience with Jew jokes, or Jew-related jokes, are like Seinfeld, where he makes a, a ton of like tropes about Jewish people, but it's totally different because he himself is also Jewish. And of course, the trope about being obsessed with money is a, is a thing. Um, when I was young, it was pretty common to hear somebody say, like, you go to the, I went to the car dealership and, you know, they themed me down or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, like, I get it. It's not a great, it's not a great thing to have people assume about you that you obsess over money. I would say that uh, pretty much everyone does. I mean, it's about money for just about everybody. I don't think that, you know, you could probably limit that to the Jewish individuals, especially when you're talking about our government. But I feel like, um, I wonder how many Jewish folks are truly offended by this. And usually when I ask this, I get emails from, you know, whatever particular group I'm, I'm, you know, I'm admittedly not really that acquainted with. Um, You know, I doubt that it seems like Jewish people probably aren't this soft. I I, I can't imagine, Um, you know, and especially when it's such a big part of Hollywood culture. So I think that this brings up, uh, uh, this leads into like a, a bitter, bigger conversation that we can't have you know, entirely on this video, but it's 
part of a bigger conversation that we can't have like entirely on this video, but you know, I would say that like when let's say I, I compare it to, and I know it's not the same, but there's are there are things that people aren't allowed to say, right? Um, repeating Jewish jokes or like, let's say rappers, you know, when people get offended that kids use the N word, for example, and I'm talking about like good faith, non hateful uses of it. Like maybe someone sell, sell, you know, says like, Oh, you really, you know, said something about a Jew and money, or he says something about whatever intent matters. I, I guess what I'm saying is people have grown up inundated with these jokes. Um, and so I think that there's some level of, you know, you know, Seinfeld is the most popular show on TV and it commonly led into these kind of tropes. I don't think it led to anybody hating Jewish people, but I guess I don't know. Um, the same thing with rap, right? You want kids to stop saying the N-word. Well, maybe stop making every top, you know, Billboard Top 100 song have 200 references to it. I feel like this stuff is so stim simple that I feel like an idiot even saying it out loud. Like, if you want to be offended you maybe look at the source of where this stuff is coming from. When I was born, nobody told me anything about Jewish people. You know, like, that's not a conversation normal people have, I wouldn't think. No one also told me anything about black people or Asian people or any of this stuff, okay? I just met people as I went on in life. Most of the, um, you know, uh, tropes or, like, um, stereotypes came from jokes uh, on TV, and so, like, <clears throat> I just think, like, of all the things people could say negatively about a group of people, saying they care about money isn't really that big of a deal. I, I just don't know. And and if you, you know, I know it leads down a road and da-da-da-da-da, but, like, come on. You know, like, look at what's happening in New York to Jewish people. You want to talk about the bad things that happen, like, the, or, like, the Hasidic, Hasidic Jewish people who are more identifiable by their characteristics often face attacks. Uh, do you think that a Hasidic Jewish person walking down, you know, walking down the street in New York is more concerned about Joe Rogan saying, ha, Jews and money, am I right? Or, you know, about, you know, somebody putting their hands on them. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like such a nothing burger. Um, but it is kind of funny that it happened when he was trying to defend Ilhan Omar. Rogan said that whether you agree with her or not, Omar had a shared a bold opinion. And that opinion is not her own. There's many people that have that opinion, and she should be and they should be represented. He said. However, he soon found himself under attack, with some critics even taking Spotify to ask whether the streaming service was happy that its multi-million-dollar podcaster was spouting anti-Semitism. Well, why are they bringing up money? UK comedian David Badiel, the author of the book about anti-Semitism called "Jews Don't Count." also accused the podcaster of spreading a racist myth on the show with a big grin. I mean, are you, is that like, are you that soft? I, I mean, like, I just don't like, it seems like a weird thing to get all worried about. Oh no, we're good with money. Stop insulting our intelligence around accounting. I just I don't know. Like, it's weird. I guess, you know, like anything, it can go too far and people could be like, you know, accusing someone of being greedy or whatever the case is and go too far. But like, you know, he said, I actually want to stop uh, doing this at some point, but uh, it's hard to do when racist myths about Jews just said so breezily on one of the biggest podcasts in the world and no one gives enough. 
are you talking about? There's a hundred articles. This perception that people don't care about it is absurd. Uh, there's, you know, there's 50 articles on it. I'm making a video about it. I'm sure a bunch of people who are on the side of being super offended are making videos about it. I, I don't really know. Um, you know, it's weird. Um, you know, Omar should not have recognized. I'm sorry. Uh, Ball agreed that Omar should not have apologized for her Benjamin's tweet while conceding that the Congresswoman could have phrased it differently. Well, when you say, I mean, are you talking about Washington caring about money? I don't think anyone would disagree with that, but you know, I'm not exactly going to stump for a communist, uh, liar who does have had, has had some hate, you know, the thing with Ilhan Omar is that she has said some questionable things in the past in regards to Jewish people. And so I think people are far less charitable with her. Um, I think there are worse things that the Jewish community is worried about than someone accusing them of being good with money. Um, but I don't know. I'm not Jewish. Is that all you have? I mean, I feel like there are probably bigger fish to fry, but uh, I suppose we'll have to wait and see. I'm sure Joe Rogan will be fine. Um, I, I think what he said was totally not a big deal, but I don't know. Maybe you guys will tell me differently in the comment section or people who are Jewish who email me um, will tell me that it actually is a big deal. I feel like Joe Rogan's probably pretty popular in the Jewish community, though. I've got more non-drama today. I'm going to try to just finally get out of that and, um, I guess... Focus on the interactions between a certain individual and Twitter. But anyway, lost in all this. I was reminded last night when uh, there was a little bit of a goodbye, bye-bye, we don't want you here rant. I was reminded of one individual, and that was Froskirin, if you remember. Um, she was the um, men bad employee that took basically most of the blame for the fall of G4 TV. Now, I believe that G4 TV relaunching in the format it was given the insane amount of overhead that it had had almost a zero percent chance of succeeding i will say that frost probably cost everybody that worked there an extra six months pay maybe as it could have limped along a little bit longer but i think it was pretty much doomed from the very beginning and in this particular case she now has done an interview with uh, peter pishke i believe it's uh his name is uh, I'll correct it as I go on, uh, and revealed that there are more secrets that haven't come out of G4, but also manages to take a swipe at Henry Cavill. After labeling Henry Cavill with pervert tag, gaming personality Frost says that the, uh, <laughs> the bad stuff for women in gaming following early retirement. Henry Cavill has been associated with the gaming community for a long time, even since Frustgeren called him, of course, a pervert at the, at the G4 team collapsed with no hopes of revival. Being an integral, integral member of G4, Frost stated that there, would be some there was some pretty bad behavior in gaming, stating that for one of the reasons Frost gave her for leaving the gaming industry into early retirement while calling the Man of Steel actor a pervert. Frost recalled that she was horrified by the things she had seen in the gaming industry. Well, she didn't really speak up about much of them in, in, in specifics, right? 
With the recent breaking of the G4 team, Frost has made some interesting remarks about the gaming industry, calling it bizarre. The American commentator talked about the things that she'd seen during her years behind the scenes of an event. So here's what's interesting. So first part says, this is so strange that it's on social media. People are just making all these crude, not even just jokes, but really crude statements. What is happening here? We've missed the barrier to the decision-making to think something, type it out and hit enter and send it. Frost said regarding crude jokes about Morgan Webb. Frost went on to reveal the horrible experience that she had while in the gaming world and how G4 completely overdid it with the negative public publicity ride. I had this individual who was, I'm assuming, reverse image searching the pictures I put on social media and kept messaging me, trying to get my location, she continued. Weird stuff like that. I decided to delete my entire Twitter to make sure that there weren't any images that could be used. I just cleared out the entire thing. Again, that's not okay. I never agree with that. And, you know, I've also said, even though it's been purported otherwise, that I'm also firmly against dogpiling. Um, I think people want to have their say, and that's just the way the Internet works. But, you know, I don't like directing people to go do stuff like that. I would never do that as a content creator. I know there are some people that do, and uh, I'm not calling anyone out. I just mean some people do, and it's fun at times. But, uh, you know, I've gotten older and softer, I guess. This was one of the few things that Froskuren had to say about the gaming world. During the fallout of G4, the commentator also blamed Henry Cavill for being... What? Now, in 2018, Henry Cavill sat down for an interview with GQ and talked about the ongoing movement. Me too. In the interview, the Enola Holmes actor reportedly made some controversial remarks. The lines were taken out of context from his interview in which Froskuren seemed to dislike. Henry Cavill said some very questionable things around Me Too and dated 19-year-old as old as 30. Again, no big deal. Seeing people throw themselves at his feet for The Witcher is weird. The show's whatever at best. Um, I don't know if she actually said that then. You know, like, I'm not sure. It's a weird, you know, to have that come back up, I suppose. Um, but in this other article... You know, she opened up about the circumstances with Culturescape, and I won't rob them of the view on the video. I think, you know, if you're interested, you should watch it. People say it was pretty impartial. Over the months leading up to it, everywhere I looked, if it was on YouTube or Reddit or Twitch, on every platform, people just talking about how much they used to enjoy themselves to Morgan Webb, she explained. I was like, this is so strange. Then on social media, people are making all these crude statements, not even jokes. What's happening here is we missed the barrier. Shifting our attention to the X-Play segment in which... Her anger eventually boiled over. Frost detailed how it was supposed to be like a New Year's gripe thing. So we'd be like, this thing really annoyed me. And this year, let's start fresh and do a New Year's rant, she told Pishki. Originally, I was supposed to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2's online. I was going to blast Rockstar. That was even before they decided to just leave the game online to die. However, after doing rehearsals, where the on-screen team want to keep our rants secretive, so we didn't record them, or do them, everyone went to take a lunch break, whereat Frost's rant truly began to take form. And I go to lunch, I'm sitting there with a network producer, and I don't remember why it was brought up, but the discussion at the table was really kind of turned our different experiences in the women in the industry, and also that specific studio. So she's like, she's claiming some issues with her coworkers. And having really unkind comments and gross experiences, she recalled, 
I was like, this is why it's so prevalent in the industry. Except they also had this, you know, amaranth and a ball pit going on too. It's so bizarre, Frosco opined on the matter. I've worked in four different Riot Games offices, and Riot obviously went through the massive lawsuit about gender discrimination. But just like the other S I've seen working 10 years in esports, I thought that going to mainstream broadcasting would make it better. But while she thought esports was like the Wild West, where you don't have a lot of people with white collar business experience, and that it was going to be better going to G4, these issues reportedly got so much worse going to G4, specifically in studio. I cannot believe more stuff hasn't come out. So here she has directly insinuated that the people she worked with at G4 were uh, sexist or you know made comments or said bad things. That, that's what she's insinuating here. Frost next explained how after that lunch, she returned to the studio and decided to change the topic of her rant, shifting from Rockstar's multiplayer to her aggravated frustration with her coworkers' personal, personally uh, bad experiences. Retracing the chain of events, she said, so I hash out the rant, I give it to X-Play showrunner, and they approve it. And they're like, yeah, this is great. We're going to put it up on the teleprompter. And so I read it when it went out. So yes, it was pre-planned. Yes, it looks like it was confirmed and approved by X-Play and G4 um, higher-ups. So it wasn't Frost going rogue. It was them agreeing with it. She even said it was approved by the higher-ups, Frost bluntly affirmed. And a quick aside, the former X-Play host noted, hilariously, X-Play co-host Gerard, the completionist, was actually going to do a very similar rant. His was going to be about the general hatred or negativity. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but kind of like the negativity around the gaming sphere and the audience outputting that. Mine was negativity through the lens of being a whammon. She distinguished between the two talks. And when Jared heard mine, he was like, well, you know, you basically talked about a very similar vein I was going to talk about. Fine. Frost then turned to address the decision of G4 social media team to clip it and separately. They didn't like ask me or anything. They just went, she asserted, revealing that she initially thought a little thought little of her ranting because what 2000 people watched the stream <laughs> that's very self-aware i was like it's whatever it was basically for this audience however while in true corporate fashion g4 proceeded to ride the high of internally everyone's like good job we really ran behind you frost revealed to an intentionally listening or an intent to an intently listening pishki that even more true corporate fashion as soon as the backlash comes and it gets caught up in the YouTube algorithm, all of the harassment comes and G4 just hard bailed. They were like, we're really supporting you, but way over here, she recalled. I asked them multiple times, what are your guidelines? How do you want to handle any of this? There's no guidelines in terms of social media. I asked them repeatedly for assistance or what they wanted me to say. I don't really know what that means. You know, you said what you said. Um, I don't know how Comcast is going to help you. Um, so Frost said, if Comcast wanted, so in the standards of public relation worlds, if that happens, what you do is actually flood the market with more interviews, she said. So if Comcast wanted to do this or correctly, they would have the algorithm machine focusing on the negativity. What you actually do is schedule a ton of interviews and you just 50, 50 it, but they decided to do, I don't know, completely back away. According to Frost, not only she's probably right about that, to be honest with you. It got really bad when, I don't know, it was, if it was multiple people. I'm assuming it was multiple. It was probably one person using multiple sock accounts. 
but there was a stalker scenario. Uh, I don't like that. I, I disavow that, obviously, and that sucks that she had to go through that. She had a bad opinion. That doesn't mean you can dox her and harass her. You know, I called my local PD to make sure I didn't get swatted. Uh, the address attached to my LLC is how they tried to get it, which actually was my agent's address and his phone number. So my agent was getting all sorts of threatening phone calls and having drive-bys of his house. Um, I had to completely change my LLC to some random PO box. By the way, that's what you should have done in the first place. I had this individual who is reverse imaging. That's okay. Not okay. Okay. That's not okay. If true, I deleted my entire Twitter account. We talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with any of that, you know, taking advantage of the opportunity to vent against her former employer. Frost then surprised Pishki with a brief story about how a producer on network's attack of the show said the said at the office in front of other people, the reason X plays failing is because they don't have hot people like Morgan Webb anymore. He literally said that she affirmed. I mean, <laughs> no, I think that they just had no chance given the, you know, they probably had like immense overhead, $100,000 a month they had to generate just to break even. That's why they didn't. Um, but Frost committed, if they had asked me, I would have said, do not clip that. Do I click? Did I care? She reflected. It's hard. Did I mean every word I said? Yeah, but that's in the context of like, I know only 2000 people are watching it. And I can look directly at the Twitch chat. It was in the context of the rest of the show. So she basically said, hey, this clip got, you know, ran wild. I mean, she said what she said, that's for sure. But it's pretty interesting that she uh, <laughs> uh, threw out all those other interesting nuggets. I spent the morning downloading Hogwarts Legacy, I guess. Well, it's 1217. I supposedly can play it now or closer to one o'clock or something. I'm going to try to get all my videos done. I might actually stream the game because this backlash is getting insane. It's totally uncalled for. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the mainstream media has to say about it. Because if there's one group of people that has galactic powers, the power to run unquestioned, um, un with zero consequences, is people running under the ally flag. Flag, dang it. Uh, banner, haha. Uh, in particular, the trans ally banner. They they are building websites to you know build lists to harass creators. They are bullying them in their in their Twitch chats, um, bringing them to tears, uh, allegedly DDoSing creators, and not a peep from the mainstream media because well we all know why. To start, you know, just an update on that website, you know. Uh, progressive activists launch online witch hunt targeting fans of Harry Potter video game. The industry conflict over the widely anticipated Harry Potter themed video game escalated Monday when a progressive activist launched an online witch hunt to expose professional and recreational streamers of the product. On Twitch, the popular video game streaming platform, some prominent players with millions of followers and hundreds of thousands of average viewers uh, were given early copies of Hogwarts Legacy scheduled for official release Friday and broadcasted themselves playing the game. Social justice activists have boycotted the game over its affiliation with J.K. Rowling, Big Whoop, and the author behind the wildly popular books. On Monday, a progressive UK-based web developer unveiled a custom website, which like-minded gamers can go to to find out which certain Twitch streamers have streamed that game. Designed by Sam Gibbs, the website is titled Have They Streamed That Wizard Game. On the website, viewers are directed to search channels you follow, 
while any visitor can use the feature to type in channels ad hoc, people with Twitch accounts can directly see if the channels they follow have streamed the game. In addition to putting pressure on individual streamers who dare play the forbidden game, Gibbs' website might also serve to pressure Twitch to stop running ads for the tainted product, given that many of their larger and partnered creators oppose it. Some creators vowed to abstain from streaming to Twitch, period, until it discontinued the ad campaign for the game. These people are so dumb. All right, play the game or don't. All right, there are ads that run on YouTube that I don't agree with. There's ads that run on my channel that I don't agree with, okay? But like, just play the game or don't. I've never seen a better example of extreme privilege. Anytime one of these activists wants to tell you that they're oppressed, just remind them of this day. It completely invalidates their quote-unquote struggle. The idea that this is some sort of big thing is absurd. That a video game about a child wizard is ruining your life. You have what can only be described as immense privilege. I know you might recoil at hearing that, but it's just true. This is so insane. They get the privilege to harass creators. They get the privilege to build lists of creators so they can likely harass their sponsors. They get the privilege to go after Twitch and demand they stop running ads so everyone else loses money. They get the privilege to call people who are even left-leaning all sorts of heinous names and never get called out. That's what you get. It's like this group of vocal, this vocal minority of people are essentially like the kid in the can the checkout that cries to get a candy bar, except everybody always gives them the candy bar. It's not just mom that gives them the candy bar. MSM swoops in and gives them a candy bar. Twitch gives them a candy bar. YouTube gives them a candy bar. And they're just, they get it, they get it without question, okay? You see this Hogwarts Legacy streamer brought to tears after Twitch chat harassment. In a clip that's quickly gone viral, a Hogwarts Legacy streamer was brought to tears after facing harassment from the Twitch chat for playing the game. Hogwarts Legacy is one of the most divisive video games released in recent memory. Eh, maybe, I guess. Um, you see, despite the contrary, there's no denying that Hogwarts Legacy is one of the biggest new game releases of the year. Hogwarts Legacy reviews have been mostly positive as well, drawing up even more hype for the Harry Potter game. Considering this, it's no surprise that Twitch streamers have been streaming the game, but some of those streamers have been subject to harassment from angry viewers in their Twitch chat. This includes Shelby of Girlfriend Reviews was brought to tears because of the continued harassment from her Twitch chat. I'm just like either going offline or like, we're, I'm barely into the second combat here. And every time I look at chat, it's just the conversation is just like bothering me. You can take a break if you want. I'll just stop talking and I'll just go fight and do the combat. Y'all done did it now. Imagine like, imagine not immediately. I don't know if that's his wife or not. Okay, so I, I guess I can't make that assumption. But if that was my literal girlfriend and my chat was like making her cry being a-holes, like I would have unleashed the fury of a thousand sons at that point. But I don't know who that is, so I, I don't want to put that on him. And maybe he did. Girlfriend reviews the duo of Matt and Shelby, a, a couple primarily known for the YouTube content, the two streaming Hogwarts Legacy together on Twitch, but the ch chat quickly became toxic people berating the streamers by calling them bigots for playing a game and fighting with other viewers. According to Reddit user Bitchuchara, who has uploaded a clip of the incident, Girlfriend Reviews changed the chat to sub only when the hate comments started, but then people just started subscribing 
to continue the harassment. Eventually, Shelby had to step away from the stream entirely. That's insane. People are spending money just to do it. I, I guess, like, what you have to do is is double time stream the game. You have to you have to stream it and be unapologetic about it. You can't let these bullies win. And even Hassan, like, the dude you could tell is actually sad that he can't play this wizard game, but he completely admits that it's uh, that it's because he's giving in to the bullies. The only reason why I, I'm not playing this game, and I know a bunch of other people are not playing this game, is because we know that it's not worth it to get bullied endlessly and called transphobic endlessly in, in, in when we have massive uh, queer communities and audiences. That's it. Everybody, everybody knows, everybody knows how much leftists love to chirp on the internet. They got no power. All they do is chirp, chirp, chirp. And that's precisely why so many that would otherwise like play it, maybe even raise money for, uh, you know, charities or whatever. Um, you know, they're, they're not doing it. I knew that this was going to happen. That's why I wanted to set it up ahead of time. I got yelled at uh, endlessly and relentlessly uh, on my alt account. Like they were making it seem like I was already transphobic for even thinking about this. And now look at that. I mean, this is a, uh, the audience that they ha that themselves have been recruiting, right? I think, you know, another rare Hassan W here, uh, that's two in a day. He raised like half a million dollars for the earthquake uh, victims. I think that that's admirable. No qualifying statements needed on top of that. But like, it's so pathetic that you would let that you would let your audience be this way. They're just like that addicted to the money or what? Like, I'm not exactly sure. Like if I wanted to play a game and like you all were like losing your mind over it, I'd just play it twice as much. Like, I, I don't really understand this. Like he actually sounds super sad about not being in play, being able to play this wizard game because people will be mean to him. I mean, these are his people. So I, I don't exactly feel bad for him. But it's sad that it's completely the truth. That like these idiots. So you have people who are virtue signaling, who are saying, I'm not going to write about the this wizard game because I'm really virtuous and I'm good, even though they're still writing about the wizard game in their own way and promoting it. Then you also get all the people who are like uh, doing what Hassan's doing again, like, saying, I really want to play this game. I don't want, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. It's just a video game about wizards. It's not a, it's not an endorsement. I mean, every game I've ever played is probably designed by some lunatic leftist. Does that mean I can't enjoy World of Warcraft? Does that mean I can't enjoy Final Fantasy? Does that mean I can't enjoy, you know, the game Elden Ring or any of these games because some lunatic leftist worked on it? That's such a dumb way to live your life. That's such a pathetic existence. This guy's supposed to be a leader and he's like literally halfway to tears because he can't play Harry Potter on stream. Why not disavow? I mean, he does kind of disavow. He does, but it's like where it's going to be interesting to see if any of the mainstream media of Twitch themselves addresses this, essentially a mob of trans allies who are harassing people, right? And of course it sucks for, uh, again, I've often talked about this, like this, uh, branding issue every time i've ever you know seen and interacted with an, a trans ally it's been negative 
you know they had they literally had to, they stormed a, a building yesterday like w- these people are not good for the brand so stop letting them call themselves allies and call them what they really are troublemakers like it's 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 they're not helping you and like harassing hugely popular streamers only makes you look like a, and making some girl cry over a wizard game makes you look pathetic it makes people hate what you're trying to represent you're trying to fight bigotry all it does is make people feel it's just going to create more people that are like, well, maybe what these idiots are saying is right. You know what? I, they're ruined my video game experience. So now the next time I see somebody who's trans, I'm going to take it out on them. You know, it's just it's it's just stupid. But it's not like these idiots have a brain anyway. So I covered this a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, the creator of Rick and Morty and several other cartoons being, uh, you know, fired, disassociated with from the show. And at the time I was, you know, trying to be objective and I, I still am trying to be objective, but these new text messages, not good. Really, really not good. I don't necessarily care about all the new hit pieces today that are talking about my toxic work environment because, uh, zoomers have no idea what it was like. Uh, what it's like to actually have a toxic work environment. They think someone telling them to do their job is a is a you know one of the worst insults that could ever happen to them. But these text messages are not good. In fact, new reports say Cartoon Network reportedly uh, investigated Rick and Morty co-creator over claims of workplace misconduct in 2020, years before it actually severed ties with him. Now clearly he was investigated, and I assume not. Found, you know, found like not at fault. NBC News first reported last month that Royland, who had voiced the characters in Rick and Morty and co-created Hulu's animated show, Solar Opposites, was charged with, of course, bad behavior. Now that I think maybe he could have gotten over because it happened back in 2020. However, his lawyer said, we look forward to clearing his name and helping him move forward as swiftly as possible. He, of course, pled not guilty. Since NBC News reported on the charges, both Adult Swim and Hulu have parted ways with Royland. He will be replaced on Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites. Now, what's interesting is these text messages. You see here on Sportskedia, what did he do? Leaked text messages surface as Adult Swim cuts ties. This is back on January 27th. I totally missed it, apparently. Um, but these are, these are text messages here. These are not my claims or screenshots. The person who shared these initially deleted them and made a pair and they made their account private. I had the original thread linked in the replies before it was deleted. Here's a screenshot of the original thread thread I found on Reddit. Um, and it's obviously really bad. Uh, you know, you kind of see this stuff and you hope that it's fake, but it doesn't, you know, September, 2015, Justin Roiland followed me on Twitter. I was 16. Of course I was excited because I loved Rick and Morty at the time. So I messaged him first and we started talking every now and again, some of it very casual, but some parts were hundred percent weird in the screenshots of the alleged conversation. Now remember that is just alleged between Justin Roiland and the kid. He can be seen using slurs, asking the kid to go into uh, hookup slavery and calling her stupid effing B. Oh, I'm sorry. The different F word and, or ending the message with, just kidding. Another caption of the thread read as follows. Only a few messages and he said, 
things bear in mind I was 16 and very obviously looked young, blonde hair and braces. I was just seen as a fantasy to most. What? One of the messages, he also asked the anonymous then minor to start doing cam work when she turned 18. Another text shows him calling her jailbait before stating, you should grow older, you dumb bee. Uh, moreover, others have now come forward to share an, an additional chats with Royland. In one of them, the voice actor asked to get a Morty tattoo on her chest. Right? You are great. So are you. Are you going to get Morty tattooed on your uh, bee licking you? I don't know what the N... It's an N word that's blurred out. I'm not sure what that is. It, it ends with an E. If not, then you you who? Um, you should do it. I don't really understand. Um, you know, it, it's weird. Um, you know, and, and it's like, maybe these are just, you know, drunk texts. You know, people say that he had a, a drinking problem. You know, okay. But gosh, that gets really hard to like, you know, be cool with uh, or be like accepting of when you read some of these messages. I actually want to pull up the messages themselves because I think that's obviously like a kind of a bigger deal. Um, you see only a few messages. Actually, let me pull up the, this is from what? Marty America USA. Okay. Shout out. Again, these are just screenshots. So it's tough, but there seems to be enough people popping up. That said, if it's real, uh, you know, we've seen stuff like this with pro Jared, I'm sorry, with pro Jared, where it ended up not being real. And, you know, stuff like that coming out. But why are these people messaging, like, such young ones? You know, and it sure seems like it happens all the time. I mean, it happens, you know, his, his, uh, <laughs> he, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, sorry. Uh, the other creator, the co-creator, Dan Harmon, also had some weird stuff now he wasn't texting people he shouldn't have been but it was very odd now you see in this some people are saying it's fake i don't know um looks like a bunch of tweets were deleted uh but here's the you know looks like going through the message apparently justin royland since you follow me does this mean i'm obligated to slide into the dms and then slide out uh what Also, hi, my story is I'm a pink-haired scene kid from where? How old are you? London and 16. Have we talked before? Now I don't think so. You just followed me one day and it was like OMG because of Rick and Morty. Um, oh God, I'm looking through your pictures and I know that's why I added you. Dude. I mean, like because I'm weird and super small. I mean, if this stuff is real, I mean, I guess you could still have like inspect element and I don't know if, if they like refresh the screen at any point. Let's see. Okay. Blocked him. Oh, I don't know what he's showing here, what she's showing. Oh, I guess showing that it's, you know, uh, like these are really, oh, he uh, clicked, she clicked on the profile so you could see it was actually him. I think that's what it was. Um, yikes. Big yikes. 
you know, and there's all sorts of these. Jessica's hot for a 14-year-old. Ha, ha, ha. She's older. Dude. What in the heck is this? Yeah, around 14, 15, I would say. What is this? God, I hope it's fake. It, I mean, like, it seems like people are starting to report on it. Again, you see allegedly he wrote in another message to then underage woman who uploaded the exchange to Twitter. You should run away from home and just, you know, do this or that. Rick and Morty writer's room saw similar behavior, welcoming famous fans of the show like Kanye West and Riley Reed into the production offices and making the rare occasion Royland would show up to work. After the first group of female writers were hired during season three of the Adult Swim series, this behavior allegedly shifted. Multiple sources told THR that Royland sent a female employee a really crappy late-night text asking her to come to his home for an implied three-way with his partner. She did, didn't did want to run up the flagpole, just said it was really effed up, awkward thing. Um, golly, why is it so hard to just not be a total weirdo? I mean, the look, if you're, if you have, you know, look, we've all sent a text that we regret, but like these appear to be some full on conversations with very youngs, um, you know, insane, insane. The screenshots below Royland tells them to start doing cam work, all this stuff. Is it fun? Oh, here's the link. Finally. Okay. Like. Would you do video game reviews? I bet you'd do good. Yeah, just playing games. Then once you turn 18, you can start cam work. Why are you such jailbait? What's wrong with you in that regard? You should grow older. Dude, is it cool being jailbait? Does the FBI follow you around a wrestling men you hook up with? Maybe I will. I want to meet you in real life, jailbait, so I can't help you not be a... Uh, what? I'm Atlanta drunk. Okay, so they were drunk texts. But he clearly, during these texts, knew that this person was underage. That's just a yikes for me. I, I just, I don't really know, you know, if these texts, like, if you if it came out and these texts were, like, fabricated or something like that, okay, sure. But if these texts are, are real and the context is real, it's very, very bad. And you should feel bad watching Rick and Morty because apparently its creator is a ped. Uh, or I guess that's not the right word. Um apparently the creator is a uh in, in, in enjoys them young i'll say um law-breakingly young uh you know and you know i hope i don't get all the well back in this 1500s people uh but like bro it's not okay it's illegal it's gross i don't know how he how old he was okay on 2015 so how old is he how old is how old is he now? He's 42. So in 2015, he was in his late, mid to late 30s, talking with 15, 16 year old people. <laughs> yeah, Rick and Morty's just not going to hit the same, probably, for me. It's, it's sad that, like, when I report on this, you're probably not going to be surprised at all. But I think it's important to kind of keep sharing this news, to keep reminding people of who Disney and The Simpsons and all and Hollywood, who they all really care about and how quickly they will uh, suppress 
whatever China asks them to do in exchange for money. These companies are not virtuous. They care about socio-political issues in the United States because it's profitable to pretend that you do. What they really care about is money. That's why any time General Winnie the Pooh over there says, jump, they say, how high? That's why you get uh, you know, Disney literally thanking the propaganda departments of China during their Mulan movie, which backfired spectacularly. It's why you get all these various you know, people talking about how they treated, um, uh, why can't I think of his name right now, John Boyega, in the posters in China. You know, there's all this stuff that that's piled up that gets completely ignored by leftists who are like, um, yeah, but they say they said black lives matter. So take my money, Disney. Oh, Pixar put uh, an uh, LGBTQ person in there. Cool. I don't care that they use like that they use and burn out all their animators. I don't care if the animators are all people, also people of color. What I care about is they say Black Lives Matter. This is very common for the uh, midwit leftist. And we had yet another uh, kind of disgraceful story about The Simpsons. By the way, I'm pushing hard for 270,000 Twitter followers. If you haven't followed me yet, please do consider coming on over and following. I share memes here. I got a new meme to go out. I haven't shared meme videos in a while. I'm sorry for that but I will start tonight. Now, here's a new article. I'm sorry, a new story. Disney pulls the Simpsons episode calling out China's forced labor camps. Disney has pulled an episode of the Simpsons that featured criticism of China from its streaming platform in Hong Kong. The episode titled One Angry Lisa first aired in October last year and shows Marge Simpson taking a spin class as screen displays images of the Great Wall of China. Behold the wonders of China, the class instructor states. Bitcoin mines force labor camps where children make smartphones. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I always love the people who say I care about the kids and then it was sent from their iPhone, you know? I mean, some of this ghoulish stuff is, is it's practically unavoidable these days, but here's the thing. Here's the grift. Disney says we care about these things, right? And then quietly they bend the knee to China or all these other countries where terrible things are going on at the drop of a hat. They didn't push back on this. They just said, okay, I'll remove it. Because what they don't want is the current situation where many of the Marvel movies that were coasting to massive numbers simply because the sheer amount of the size of the pond in China they haven't had that success lately because China has not approved a Marvel movie or you know a lot of Disney movies lately. Nobody's talking about why, but I suspect this may be a penalty to them for maybe some of their wokeonomics of that. You know, it could be. Now, in recent years, Hong Kong has come under increasing control of Beijing with Disney likely pulling the episode so as to not anger the Chinese government. China is a pivotal market for Disney and has and the country has become one of the company's most significant sources of revenue. So let me ask you, leftists, do you think that Disney really cares? Do you see what was going on in the re-education camps there? Do you see what they did to their citizens during the coup and what they're still doing to them? Did you see people getting these videos, you know, allegedly 
uh, you know, welding people inside of their homes. But I mean, yeah, paper plates are 20 cents, so I guess that's cool. And I'm not saying, I always say this about, you know, my cheap stuff with China. It's not like everyone can just, literally capitalism sets it up so it's like, you can't literally just buy everything made in America. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, maybe make your choices. While Disney touts itself as an enlightened and progressive company, China is under fire for human rights uh, violations, including cultural and religious persecution. But, but Disney says Pride Month, right? But, but they have that cartoon movie with the, with the, with the bear that has, has a period. So the company's desire to remain cozy with the country has sparked accusations of hypocrisy. Capitalism is capitalism, but a company like Disney, which continuously spews how diverse and inclusive they are, should stand up for what they supposedly believe in instead of bending over backwards for China money. It's hypocrisy, one critic railed on Twitter. The post has contacted Disney for comment. The labor camp quip in the Simpsons episode seemingly refers, refers to the Uyghur Muslims, a predominantly Muslim group in Western China. According to the U.S. State Department, there are as many. Now, I want you to, I want people to hear this number. Okay, you guys probably know about it, but there are as many as one thousand two hundred. Not people. State-run camps that have been set up for Uyghurs across the uh, across the region. Uh, one thousand two hundred internment camps. Now, I'm not saying that China has to, or that Disney has to outright refuse to make money off the Chinese citizens. After all, this is the acts of their government. But what I am saying is it looks awfully weak when this kind of stuff is going on and Disney says absolutely nothing about it. And then they're over here trying to pretend like, oh, they really care. Like Disney really cares about about uh, you know human rights and all this kind of stuff. But not, you know, not, not if they're gonna, if it's gonna cost them a few dollars. Detention in these camps is intended to erase ethnic and religious identities under the pretext of vocational training. The department writes, forced labor is a central tactic used for this repression. Axios first confirmed that the Simpsons episode had been pulled from Disney streaming service in Hong Kong. However, it's not the first time an episode of the cartoon has been removed. In 2021, Disney pulled an episode, a separate episode of The Simpsons, that featured a Tiananmen Square joke, where it was uh, from its streaming service in Hong Kong. Disney is no stranger to change to China's censorship demands and has a long track record of bowing to them, Axios wrote in the report. Disney isn't the only American company to face criticism for seemingly cozying up to China. Apple, which similarly touts itself as a progressive company, was called out after it hobbied hobbled the use of airdrop tool in China amid widespread protests against Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh, uh, you know, lockdown policies. No, they absolutely did that. You know, I think that, you know, Disney has done this for a long time. You know, they, they, they do this in the, in, in the Middle East where they have, um, a, you know, certain opinions about women and how they can be depicted uh, they do this or they, you know, as a progressive company that's so progressive, they need that extra $3 million from some of these tiny Middle Eastern countries that are still tossing gay people off roofs. Okay. Um, but, but LGBT, I mean, they made a rainbow colored Mickey hat in a sweatshop. 
but they put they put an LGBT person in in a movie. It's like, you know, the the corporatism, the corporate kind of activism for profit is so like so transparent and so obvious that like I've been spending years pushing back and debunking it and talking about it. And it does feel like a lot of people are waking up to it, which is really cool. I feel like two, three years ago, there wasn't really this term. Maybe there was, but you weren't seeing a lot of people talking about queer baiting, which is like, Oh, look at this gay character. Ha ha. We're so woke Buy our product. And then it's like some ancillary character. They don't matter. This is stuff that we've been talking about for years using tokenism as our way of describing it or fake wokeness. And we've been called every name in the book, right? We've been called bigots and all this kind of stuff because, um, we point out that it was just lip service, that it never really mattered and that, that Disney never really cared about it. And as you can see, they don't, and they haven't. So it's been a really, you know, and, and it's just, you know, Simpsons, by the way, I can't even believe they're still on the air. Uh, they've, they've just leaned right into left-leaning politics in several episodes over the years. Now I feel like the Simpsons was always pretty liberally slanted, but it's when you kind of cross over into that, we need to make a real world commercial with Lisa and Marge talking about feminism or whatever, like. That's when it's just you break the fourth wall and it's like, I don't want more of that. I, I get I see that all day in traditional media. I don't want that when I'm watching a cartoon. So, uh, you know, I support I stand with the Hong Kong citizens. Um, I stand with them still enjoying this episode in whatever freeway they can they can. And, um, you know, it's just yet another example of Disney being fake woke. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did. Please make sure you leave a like on it. If you haven't yet, please do follow me over at twitter.com slash the quartering. Got some memes to post tonight. Gonna have some fun over there. And we'll talk to you again real soon.